This is the Morning Sports Desk for Tuesday, April 25th. Here's the pitch. He struck him out swinging. Once again, a curveball. And Sonny's night is over, and he departs to a standing ovation here at Target. You know if I was going to get that opportunity or not. I got two, you know, fairly easy outs and kind of fell behind with DJ there. And I threw him a 3-2 curveball. I hadn't really thrown him any. And then he kind of stayed and fouled it off. And I was like, oh, man. And then maybe just, just lost him on the next pitch. Um, but for Rocco to let me stay and continue to continue the fight. And um, with Franchi coming up next, um, I knew I had a good plan against him and just kind of. That was Sonny Gray talking about his performance last night. Seven innings of shutout baseball against the potent Yankee lineup. And as good as Pablo Lopez has been for the Twins, Corey, a Sonny Gray season ERA is under one. Yeah, it is. It's down to .62 for the season. He only gave up three hits. He struck out eight in yesterday's game. Of course, Gray, on top of everything, a former Yankee. Mm -hmm. So he got to do it against a former team. And, oh, by the way, former Yankee Joey Gallo hit another home run for the Twins also. It was was a good day for the Twins, a good day for former Yankees. Um, The Twins are one win away Mm -hmm. from... Winning the season series against the Yankees for the first time in 15 years. 15 years. Yeah. That's uh, that's pretty darn good if the Twins can at least snap that. The one thing that has been nice is been... I mean, despite how weird the season has been to start, uh, the se- winning the season series against the Yankees in April would be a nice little feather in the cap. Wouldn't that be cool? It would be. And you mentioned former Yankees with Sonny Gray having a great performance, and then Joey Gallo hitting an absolute moonshot to the upper deck and right field to one of the deeper parts of target field. Uh, that home run, Corey, that he hit, I don't have the exact distance. I think it was like 430-some feet. Mm-hmm. That would have been, that's the, if he was a New York Yankee, that would have been the furthest home run he hit as a Yankee, and he did it against the Yankees. Oh, that's awesome. So they pointed that out on the broadcast just to rub salt in the wound. At the same time, Corey, the Yankees broadcast was making fun of the Twins' new uniforms. <laughs> Were they? At least during the broadcast. Sure, yeah. And so the Twins decide to smother them in the dirt. Uh, the last time the Twins shut out the Yankees, and they did end up getting a run in the ninth inning, but the last time the Twins shut out the Yankees was 2008 at the Metrodome. No kidding. And the Yankees were playing an old Yankee stadium at that time, by the way, too. Uh, Just to show you how far back this goes. You know who the starter was in that game? Oh, man. What year? 2008. When they shut out the Yankees? Yeah, the last time they shut out the Yankees. Um, uh, Kevin Slowey. Ooh, good guess. Nick Blackburn. Ooh, good guess. Carlos Silva. Glenn Perkins. Glenn! Back when he was a starter. That's amazing. Yeah. He was not a starter for that long. He was not, no. That's incredible. Um, uh, I want to just make one little, uh, if I can, just to dig in the Yankees a little more. Oh, by all means. There is a, a great thing that exists on Twitter, and you can help me clarify where it comes from. But they talk about, um, they often talk about, would it be a home run in any other park? Mm-hmm. Right, and there's a lot of times that home runs are hit in Yankee Stadium. That would they're only home runs in Yankee Stadium. 
a little 313 foot wall scraper. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So, and uh, that happens a lot. That happens multiple times a season. That home runs hit in Yankee Stadium. There's a there's a calculation that can be done, and it's just measuring the flight versus mm-hmm. how high the wall. You know, it's the, physics. It's, yeah. And and um, the other night, I don't know if you saw this. We had for the first time ever um, a a reverse. A reverse of that scenario. Okay. Where a ball was hit in in Camden Yards in Baltimore for an out that would have been a home run in literally every other stadium in baseball. <laughs> we had the opposite of that happen. And I'm trying to find the exact uh, the details of it again. I know it was in Baltimore, and I think it was an Oakland player yeah. who hit it. That, that sounds about Well, interestingly enough, Aaron Judge hit a double earlier in the game and like the third or fourth inning mm-hmm. and it hit a loud clank off the limestone and almost rolled right back into the infield on its own. <laughs> oh yeah. And uh they tracked it and they said that would have been a home run at Yankee Stadium obviously, but it would have been a home run in 14 other ballparks, but in Target Field it's a loud double off the wall. That's a really interesting and kind of fascinating stat and one of the It's one I of the uniqueness of, of baseball because really in every other great. in every other sport it's a uniform, the court is this length, the field is this length by this length. Yes. And that exists in the infield, but mm-hmm. you can do whatever you want to the outfield. It's so wild to me. Uh, it's actually it's it is. It's a little surprising, but also I like the way they used to build baseball fields on a city block. You know, mm-hmm. center fields were four hundred and sixty-five feet away sometimes, just because it was. It was like the two tw- opposite corner of the city block. It was two twelve to the poles and like four eighty to straightaway yeah, center like Pine field. Pine Grove Park, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's uh, that's a nice win for the Twins. Polanco had another nice game. It's nice to have him back in the lineup. Jorge Polanco in four games with the Twins has had a, about a four hundred average and a eleven hundred off uh, on base plus slugging percentage. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and also some clutch hits. He gave the Twins an early lead yesterday to get the scoring started. Uh, I've been a Jorge Polanco truther for a long time. He's a guy who's always around and has been the Twins' most productive player of the last six years. Byron Buxton's the most talented. He, When he's right, he's one of the best players in baseball. But if you look at a guy who just constantly produces, it's Jorge Polanco. Um, it's actually kind of surprising. If you're not a stats person, or even if you are, just go back through the, the last five years and look at Jorge Polanco's numbers. He has been their best player. Mm-hmm. He's the he's been the Twins' best player, like like significantly over the last five years or so. Yeah, and now like he put, now you could say with Buxton, he's just not healthy. That's the reason why. You can say that is because he's on the field, he's playing, he's uh-huh. doing all that stuff. Yeah, which makes true. a difference, even if it's not Buxton's fault. He is also probably the biggest trade piece that the Twins have moving forward as this season goes along. Uh, we talked about former Yankees. We might Jorge Polanco is a future Yankee potentially. <laughs> That's just in play for him because of the glut of people who are working their way up for the Twins and people we're, mm-hmm. we're looking forward to, right? Right. There's Royce Lewis. There's Brooks Lee, two of the Twins' top prospects. Brooks Lee, the Twins' number one prospect. Royce Lewis, the number two. Royce Lewis is going to come back and play in the full action games, whether the Twins or AAA post all-star break so you have to figure that out austin martin heck even somebody we've seen already ed julian profiles as a second baseman Mm -hmm. so i mean there's and it's not even polanco's fault it just might be the twins have an opportunity to go get another really good starting pitcher or maybe an a a bona fide 
middle of the order bat, and you can. But also at the same time, Polanco is a bona fide middle, middle of the, the order, order bat. bat. I know. So it's it's hard, but uh, yeah, like you said, there's a lot of twins talent in the farm system, or it means you're more comfortable getting rid of a farm system piece. But the cheaper option is the is the prospects. That's exactly and right. has a higher ceiling. But yeah, this anyway. is nothing to do with Jorge Polanco, and everything to do with um, how baseball teams manage their money. It's pretty much Luis Arise, right? Right. In the same way of like, well. This guy's under contract, but there's a position glut, and we want to get stronger in another position. Right. So we kind of just have to do this. Anyway, uh, so Wolves and Wild both play tonight, Corey. Uh Uh, Wolves season on the line. In short, we need another Anthony Edwards masterclass, especially since Kyle Anderson is not going to play tonight. And especially since Ant is the one who hurt him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Ant is the one who slapped him across the face and caused the injuries. So, uh, yeah, I mean, wh- what's the what's the number? If Ant scores 46 tonight, the Timberwolves win? Yeah, I'd say so. It's going to have to be about that. Because here's the thing with Denver. Yeah, they didn't sweep in four games, but now they get to come back to their home floor and the crowd's going to be buzzing because they want to go for the kill. Uh, probably a gentleman's sweep, let's put it that way. I think that's probably fair. They tip off late at 8 tonight. The Wild uh, are going back to Texas tonight. Their series is tied up at two games apiece, so it's game five. I would just expect more of the same in this one, right? Yeah, you know, the, the stars are bright, deep at night, in the heart of Texas. Is that how that goes? You didn't, I thought you were going to do the claps, too. Oh, no. I wasn't going to – I'm not going to give them that credit. Uh <laughs> But, uh, I mean, here's the thing, and we alluded to this before we hopped on the air, Corey. Uh, there's a couple players for the Wild who have been notably absent from uh, from the production so far. This is a question I would love to ask a, a hockey guy. Bonafide um, hockey guy. And maybe he's over in the other room right now, because this is, this is a part of the game that I don't understand as much. Uh, I'm the fan who, when the Wild have a power play, I just yell at the TV to shoot it. I'm that guy, because I don't know. I just see that you're open, and I played basketball, and I had one rule when I played basketball, and that was shoot it if you're open, right? Yeah. So what I don't know and what I can't tell when I watch hockey is Kirill Kaprizov has not done anything on the offensive end. Kirill Kaprizov and or Matt Boldy. And or Matt Boldy. And what I would like to know is... Is Dallas selling their souls to make sure that Kaprizov and, in turn, Boldy are not the ones to kill them? Is that what's happening? That's my guess is what's happening. Or is it just uh, uh, another playoff series where we haven't seen Kaprizov do that much? I don't know the answer, and I would love to know. I don't know either. Uh, so if you're a hockey guy, go go to the KWAD Facebook page, shoot us a message or something right. like and that. And please be gentle. I'm trying to learn. <laughs> <laughs> no, I no want to learn. I want to know the right answer. I'm not trying to be weird about this. No mercy with Corey. Make him feel like an idiot. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. Do I have permission from the boss to fight back on our Facebook page? This would be fun. Uh, well, technically, as long as you can find a way to trace it so it's not from you. Let's go viral on our Facebook page today, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you were trying to help us learn? No. <laughs> right. You're going to get dragged. We're going to drag you on Facebook. Uh, So good luck to them. They face off at 7 in Dallas tonight. Good luck, Wild. Wouldn't that be cool? Get a win tonight and come back and clinch on Friday in Minnesota. Let's do it. That'd be sweet. Let's go. Although this series probably ends up going to 7. Yeah, probably. Probably. But hey, 
Let's stream. Uh, big news out of the NFL yesterday. Yes. Finally, 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 the Jets and Packers have agreed to their mega trade, their long-awaited trade. Sources tell me and colleague Tom Pelissero that the New York Jets have agreed to terms on a trade for Aaron Rodgers. The four-time MVP goes from Green Bay to the New York Jets, where they now get their franchise quarterback. It's a combo. So here's the thing. With Who the, is that? Uh, that's NFL Network's Ian Rappaport. That's what he sounds like? Yep. You, Boy, he is working really hard to cover up an accent, isn't he? Yeah. He, it would seem his so. His name is Ian Rappaport. He definitely has a Northeastern accent He's, of some sort. You can hear it when he talks. I've never heard him talk before. Really? You've never heard him on like the Pat McAfee show or something like that? I don't I don't partake in a lot of Pat McAfee. Wow. Only highlights that uh, that I either happen upon or people send me. What? I don't take in the whole show. Huh? <laughs> what? Huh? Uh. <laughs> Should I do my Lou Holtz impression right now? <laughs> uh, I didn't know that. I, all I could hear that whole time was him trying to not sound like he was from New York. Pretty much, yeah. All right, anyway, cool. Congratulations to uh, him and, of course, the New York Jets. Believe it or not, I think he's a big-time Mets fan. Well, weird. Weird. Mets and Jets. Yeah, Mets and Jets. Uh, But, yeah, Ian Rappaport with the news on NFL Network that Aaron Rodgers has been traded. It's not officially announced by the teams, but when they can report it, uh, it's pretty set in stone. Now we finally know what Green Bay is giving up and New York is giving up. So Green Bay uh, and New York are doing a pick swap. So Green Bay moves from the 15th pick this year to the 13th pick this year and the Jets will fall back to 15. And it's a conditional first round pick for next year which means it's like a second round pick now. But if Rodgers plays 65% of the games then it automatically becomes a first round pick. Sure. Uh, Corey uh, instant gut level reaction. I know it's the Packers, but how does this impact the Vikings down that their biggest competitor is off the board, essentially, until proven otherwise? Because we have no idea if Jordan loves any good or not. Well, that's what uh, that is actually what strikes me first. We have a Packer fan in the building. He's very excited, by the way. He is, and it's a thing we've talked about a lot with him uh, off the air, and that is uh, we understand the. Aaron Rodgers annoyance factor Mm -hmm. probably even more so than Packer fans do but Packer fans are feeling like this is had to deal with it for 15 years they're being strung along with him every single year and on on what he's going to do and they had to do it with their previous quarterback also but that is the exact point on all of this is for 25 years they got to have two Hall of Fame quarterbacks uh, Almost 30 years. Right. Yeah, for, Brett Favre showed up say, in what, 1993, 91? Sure. Yeah, so for 30 years, they've had two quarterbacks, barring some injury years, of course, and they're both Hall of Famers. That has been their scenario for 30 years. And sometimes um, it's a first-world problem. The complaint, Aaron Rodgers being annoying is, is a football-related first-world problem. And they're are going. They're gonna find out what it's like, probably, hopefully, as a Vikings <laughs> fan, to find to to realize what it's like to play every single week for seventeen weeks with like a middling quarterback. That's not to say Love is gonna be bad. He's just not gonna be a Hall of Famer. 
and there's going to be thing games that they lose because he can't quite do it. Mm-hmm. And if, by the way, Jordan Love does turn into a Hall of Famer, burn Lambeau Field to the ground. The whole town. The whole Just town. Just burn it down. Get out of it. All the people can leave if yeah. they want. We're burning the stadium to the ground. So that's the part of it that I, um, you know, as a Vikings fan, I gleefully look forward to is watching them realize, like, oh, if we got nitpicky about some things. Mm-hmm. But as a, if I were a fan of that team, I would I'd be very, very nervous that that's my situation there's a lot of positive energy but a lot of nervous energy it feels like with packer fans because they're all they're in the post breakup stage if my ex stunk they're terrible we're free we can go jordan Jordan loves the rebound right now so that's gonna feel good for a while but it's not gonna last i'll give it one half of week one (laughs) (laughs) this has been the morning sports desk for tuesday april 25th